Hi, I'm John O'Scott. He's Ben Strivens. Hi. And we, we watch, watch anything. anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you know what to add to your list, or smash with your fist. Yes, listeners, we're back once again to tell you about the things we've smashed with our fists or added to our lists. It's We Watch Anything, the podcast that delves deep into the heart of Netflix. How are you today, Johnny? I am very good. I'm very excited about talking about these films this time. And, um, and yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm just in, in a good place, dude. That's all I can say. I'm very happy to hear that, man. Mm. Very happy to hear that. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, this is Ep 14, which is a nice place to be. It is. We've... Um, so far, we've sort of flitted around our genres, and this time we've come to a genre we've never heard before. We are reviewing gangsters. Before we get uh, deep into the uh, the nitty gritty uh-huh. of uh, of Gangland, I just want to once more mention the fact that we are doing gangsters because uh, of a tweet from fan of the show Mike Jelly, fan and friend of the show, let's say Mike oh. Jelly, who suggested um, that we that we went down the gangster route, which is a great idea. Um, and I'd also like to say a big thank you to um, another listener, Will Will Graves, who uh, has been really kind with some of his comments. And uh, another, Jamie Goodbrand, another another uh, lovely listener who's given us some nice comments too. So thank you out there, guys. Uh, giving us some good feedback is... I mean, give us bad feedback too. Anything. We just want to get better. But uh, to hear some, some nice, kind words truly does make our day, month, year, etc. It sure does. And thank you, Ben, for reminding me. Yes, this was our second listener-generated genre, LGG. Oh, yeah. Which is, LGG. you know, very exciting. <laughs> We've got our own acronym in everything. <laughs> WWA has an LGG. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, dude, but I'm ready to go into mine. I would love to see you go into yours. Get, get, get deep into <laughs> your gangster self. <laughs> I feel like everything's coming out a bit weird this time. So apologies in advance, everyone. No, I take that back. I'm awesome. Okay, everyone. My film is um, (laughs) Rob the Mob. Rob the Mob. (laughs) Oh, God, I sound so ridiculous. Rob the Mob. I sound like my own mum. (laughs) It sounds a bit like a dude with schizophrenia. (laughs) Oh, dear. I'm having flashbacks to Indiana from our our quest episode. (laughs) You haven't called him Rube the Moob. (laughs) Actually, talking about us sounding posh, Obviously, I sounded posh saying Indiana Jones. Yeah. You, I, listening back, cause I, I listened to our last podcast just to see how we were. But um, I thought you sounded particularly posh when you used the word scuttlebutt. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something so posh about it. You went scuttlebutt on the internet or something. It sounded like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I thought it's some sort of, um, it's some sort of like, yeah, what do you call it? Gangster style. Slang, I thought. It, it, it's a good word, dude. I'm not questioning the use of word. Just the way you sounded, which was <laughs> idiotic. <laughs> but anyway. Well, I'll try and do better this time, Jono. <laughs> Please do tell us about the uh, the movie that you have watched. <laughs> okay, my film, everyone, is Rob the Mob from 2014. Um, not, not that long ago. 
No, no, indeed. That's surprising, actually. I thought for some of those reasons, for some reason, that's a, that's a title that I thought had been around for a while. It sounded like a sort of eighties kind of um, Patrick Dempsey movie or something. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Patrick Dempsey was he the one in Can't Buy Me Love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that film. Um, anyway, it's in short, this is the story based on a true story. Okay, so that's an important okay. thing to get across. It's based on a true story, uh, something that happened in the um, early nineties, I think it was, and it's the story of a couple in Queens, New York, who start robbing mafia social clubs, essentially. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that's basically it, and and bit just. Although that sounds incredibly stupid, it's yes. slightly less stupid that it sounds in because the key thing is that these social clubs had a kind of gentleman's agreement that they wouldn't have guns in them. So just okay. So there's a logic in here. Yeah. However, doing... robbing the mob does sound like <laughs> yeah. a particularly dumb idea. Exactly. But um, I'll just take you through. I mean, the film hmm. starts, and um, I think more or less the first thing you see is the the main couple of the film, and they're in a car, and I think you can see like you know. It, like one of them's got a crack pipe, I think. You know, you can see that they're sort of addicts. They're they're, they're uh, okay. They're a bit. Um, it's not sort of Tim Roth and um, what's her face, Amanda Thingy from Pulp Fiction style people. I, I, well, actually, I was going to mention them. It is a little bit. It did put me in mind of them at times. Yeah. That, yeah, but um, the first thing they do is that they rob a florist, and it goes wrong <laughs> because it's, it's kind of you know there's there's it's it's because it's close to Valentine's Day. I think it's his idea, and he sort of says, "Oh, they're going to be loaded." Kind of thing. <laughs> And, um, but it goes wrong because the the quite sweet seeming old lady in quite sort of you know black comedy type thing pulls a massive gun on him and and you know he doesn't I don't think he gets injured but whatever the robbery goes wrong right then the main part of the first act is eighteen months later oh do they get do they go to prison yeah for that? he gets he get he gets thrown in prison it's eighteen months later and I, <laughs> I, I I can't remember if she's avoided jail time or whatever but he comes out of prison to find that she has uh, pulled her socks up. You know, she's working for a. Um, oh, so she's no longer an addict. Yeah, exactly. She's she's not ad- addicty stuff on the head, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, and it, it, she's got a job, and she's actually working for a collection agency run by Griffin Dunn. Oh, okay, cool. Lovely Griffin Dunn from um, uh, well, I know after best. hours and many things. Uh, well, I, I was going to say American Wealth in London. Um, and he owns this sort of liberal debt collection agency company that basically employs people with records. Um, okay. And then, you know, the guy sort of joins his girlfriend in trying to sort of go straight. He gets a job there as well. Mm. And you start to learn a bit of backstory about him. You learn that he, in fact, was this, his family run a florist and they have been targeted and humiliated by the mob in the past. And I can't remember if they actually right. say that his dad, his dad's no longer around. And I don't know if it's say, I can't remember if it's saying that his dad was actually killed by the mob. But either way, he's got a bit of an obsession with the mob. And floristry. And, yeah, and floristry. Anyway, so an important thing happens when he goes to, um, there's a court case going down, and mm-hmm. and he just goes to the public gallery, and it's a mob case, and there's this witness who's just basically, you know, um, spilling the beans on the mob, and, he's, and he sort of mentions that in the mob clubs there's a sort of no-gun rule, and it's the sort of light bulb moment for this dude. Oh, okay. And, and he sort of thinks... Let's rob the mob, you know. And um, he tries to persuade his his girlfriend, and she goes, "What are you talking about? You're you're insane." Um, then a couple of things happen, but she gets a really pathetic paycheck from this job. And long story short, they decide to do it, and it's right. sort of it's quite it's comedically it's a shambolic stick up, you know. Like she just stays in the car, and he goes mm-hmm. in, and he's got an Uzi, 
you know, and he's and he's got right. a, and he's got a pillowcase, and he goes in, and there's all these Italian guys in this small sort of club. You know, I can't remember if they're playing poker, but it's that kind of thing. They're all just yeah. they're big. It's Italian, you know, Italian American mob guys. And he sticks them up, and, they, and he gets them to throw all their like cash and rings and wallets into a bag. But he also right. humiliates them. He gets them to take off their clothes and stuff, and make them sort of. At one point, he makes one of them slightly hump another one or something. You know, okay. He prop he properly humiliates. Yeah, them. that's a brilliant idea because what you really want to do <laughs> is to make you're already pissing off organized criminals. <laughs> is, is to yeah, is to humiliate them too. Exactly, and then and then we meet. Um, quite soon after that, we meet Boss Man Big, who in this film I'll talk more about the cast in a bit, but is played by Andy Garcia. Who's, uh-huh. Um, and we have a classic gangster movie trope of quite a few cooking scenes in this where he const- he's teaching his grandson how to, the perfect way to make rice balls or something uh, okay then the other plot strands i just want to mention because they're quite important is that this hit ha- when when they do when they stick up the mob this first time or it might be the second time whatever they they it's being the, the, the mob are being watched by the feds so the feds notice this is happening and then one of the fed characters passes on the story to a journalist mate and basically this couple start getting known for what they're doing right and i'm going to kind of leave it there in terms of in terms of plot because so, i don't want to go too much further but so essentially <laughs> yeah no, essentially they end up on the sort of lamb from the cops and the mob then not really no i mean the cops they're just aware of what they're doing and they just sort of let them do it because they're too because it's just the feds as opposed to the cops and they're just yeah. very much focusing on you know getting the the you know they just want to get their evidence so they can take down the mob their rico warrants exactly and so just i mean to get a bit of the cast in so i've already mentioned andy garcia is, yeah, the, yeah. is the main he's called big al there's also um bert young who um paulie from rocky is a uh-huh. he's a sort he's part of the the mob and he's but he's a sort of retired higher up dude who's not really he hasn't got a major part but he's got a critical part in this film yeah griffin dunn i've already mentioned is the business owner then ray romano oh yeah from from everybody um, loves raymond he's he's the reporter who breaks the story yeah and i really don't love raymond but yeah yeah no well i've never got into it but i don't have anything against him and he's very good in this he's perfectly i just don't i just i just can't watch the series it's just like the world's most mundane sitcom yeah it does seem like that to me but i must admit i've never got through an episode so i can't really says something doesn't it yeah exactly yeah totally agree and then frank whaley is um the 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 main fed guy um i know that who's that dude oh he's just in he's in everything dude he's in like well, that's an exaggeration, but he's, I mean, I I first really remember him from Pulp Fiction. I think that's when I first knew him, and he's in that scene, you know, in the in in the famous hamburger oh, with, scene, isn't he? Yeah, 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 he's yeah. Brett. Oh, look at the big mouth on Brett. No, it's, it's a big brain on Brett, not big mouth on Brett. God damn it! Oh, dude. Oh. Well, anyway, he's the Fed in this. Um, and then um, a couple of the so the mob guys. There are lots of actors you'd sort of recognise as sort of backup characters, but one other I'll mention is Michael Rispoli who is playing exactly, and I mean exactly the same character as he plays in Kick-Ass, which is the sort of, the boss's second, the second oh, yeah. man yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's, it's, like, it's like he's finished filming Kick-Ass and wandered straight into this film <laughs> in a really awesome way. I mean, he's great at that kind yeah, of yeah. character. He's fantastic. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I'd like to move on to my review a little bit, really. Um, mm. And I just wanted to start by saying, do you remember last time we talked? Well, of course you do. It wasn't that long ago. But we talked about Europa Report, which I liked yes. and you didn't like. But one of the things you didn't like about it was that there was a bit when a character does something so grotesquely stupid, it kind of ruined the film for you. Well, yeah. this film is about two idiots who robbed the mafia. So <laughs> you could find there's a kind of similar thing going on. And But, I mean... I, I I really 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 enjoyed this film. Oh, really? I mean, I'm, oh, I'm throwing good. in three reallys because I really enjoyed it. I mean, when I first started watching it, I was worried with a name like Rob the Mob. I thought it'd be a bit sort of just sort of light comedy almost, and maybe not have enough mob to really qualify as gangster. But it definitely yeah. it definitely feels like a gangster film, but with a bit of not rom com but sort of black comedy stuff thrown in. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, but the thing is. So it's got that gangster vibe, but it, at the same time, it's sort of quite a gentle movie in some ways. It's it's really sweet, and the main thing that's awesome about it, yeah, is 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 the 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 couple, as in you know they're idiots, they're so naive, <laughs> but there's something really beautiful about their well, no, it's just really it's a it's a it's a well done relationship. So I forgot to mention the the, yeah. the, the actors and that, but Michael Pitt is the main guy. Okay. Um, I've actually forgotten his character name now. He's been in quite a lot of things. And he's about to be in Ghost in the Shell next year, which oh, the Scarlett Johansson, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, and I think he's quite a main part in that. And then Nina Ariando is Ro- uh, who was Rose uh, is Rosie, and she was in mm. Midnight in Paris. That was the only sort of that was the big thing. I'm seeing Midnight in Paris. No, but uh, she is amazing in this. Just oh wow, just really, just a really well. I mean, it's sort of for people who can't see Jono's face, which is everyone apart from me. <laughs> there is a face of utter sincerity going on. You love this girl. Yeah, I really did. I thought she was amazing, but I thought the couple were amazing. Now, the thing is, we talked briefly once about Sideways and how you could. You, and again, this was another film which you said you never really liked because they were both such dickheads. Yeah, and I think I I can imagine someone watching this film where something similar would go on where mm-hmm. you would kind of just feel like that got between you and enjoying the, the movie and there's no doubt about it you can tell they slightly they're romanticizing these people quite yeah. a lot um making them like a sort of i mean they were but this is based on a true story and they were like yeah. compared to bonnie and clyde and, and stuff and but and it, and it puts me in mind as a little bit of the true romancy type thing or yeah. as those honey bunny dudes from pulp fiction um but there's just something really sweet about them and 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 for me that really carried the whole film. And then Andy Garcia being a really you know he's 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 an old sort of like um quite he's quite a sweet <laughs> no not sweet but you know he's an old um sort of reaching the end of his career mob dude who's yeah. done some bad stuff. Oh his performance is great. It's very understated though. Um, I do think going back to what you were saying about the couple though. Have you seen the Adjustment Bureau? Yes. Yes. Now you see that a lot of it is ripped off. Uh, it seems from Dark City in some ways and stuff. But what I really, really like about that movie, and we'll always like, is the chemistry between Matt Damon and Emily Blunt, which I think is fantastic. Mm. And I, I do think that chemistry between your two leads, especially if it's a, if they're you know a sort of romantic chemistry thing, can really carry a film and make it really enjoyable. Just watching, you know, I think you just enjoy their relationship and enjoy how they play with each other. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I found. Like straight away, I really just took to both of them, just as just being on screen they were great to look at as and i don't necessarily mean they were beautiful they just had interesting faces yeah. and i thought the script was really sort of I, I i was trying to remember if it actually made me laugh out loud because it definitely has a slightly black 
comedy mm. vibe. I mean, it is a sort of fun idea, but I don't know whether it necessarily did, but it, it, it did make me smile quite a lot. But there, there are still sort of like areas of darkness to it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, The one bit that in ways, I really hate saying this because I really adore Griffin Dunn, but in ways I thought he was the slight misstep just mm-hmm. because his character seemed to be really playing it for laughs. And although there's a black comedy element to it, all the other characters seemed quite realistic. He seemed a bit over the top or something. Uh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, a bit like yeah, a clown yeah. for like like wandering through the film. Yeah. But that said, he didn't ruin it for me. And it was still great seeing him. And it made me realise I hadn't seen him much in, in stuff recently. And I want, no, oh, I want him to be in more stuff. Um, How long is it, just out of interest? 144 minutes. Okay. It definitely so, didn't feel like it outstayed its welcome for me. And there are other elements of the plot that it becomes a bit more complicated. Um, yeah. But I'm leaving it out because I think it's more fun to not know about it. Um, um, I, know that I, I don't want you to give away the ending. We don't want to do any spoilers there. But were you satisfied with the ending? I mean, I know it's a funny thing because it's a true life story. So obviously the ending is in mm. some ways what happened in real life. But were you left satisfied? Yes. Yes. And yeah, it is. They do stick pretty close to the truth. Mm, um, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you done some reading up about what these guys were like in real life then? Really? Yeah. And that's that's why I say there's definitely been some romanticizing. But it's still <laughs> true that they did do um, what is uh, you know, depicted in the film. But you can tell there's a bit of dramatic license here and there, obviously, as there always is. But um, that didn't stop me enjoying the film. But credit to the writer, I think, for just just capturing a really realistic um, couple, <laughs> pair yeah. of pair of idiots, but yeah. um, kind of awesome. Yeah. Oh, sounds great. Well, uh, once again, we've kicked off with a movie that you've enthused me to go and watch. I, I rather like the sound of Rod the Mob. Do. So, uh, on our uh, multi-tiered system of letters E through to A with various pluses and minuses around, <laughs> what, where does this sit in your pantheon? Yeah, good question. Um, I'm, it's it's a solid B. I'm, wow. I'm just gonna, but yeah, I can't. I don't. I I, I think. There were times when I was I was I felt like I was enjoying it so much I thought this is going to get into A's and then Crikey, on but, a bikey. But, but for me it's just B, yeah. Oh well, awesome. a B is a B is a great way to start, isn't it though? Yeah, nice. Okay, well, without further ado, let me move on to my um, thing. Now, once again, God, people are going to get bored of us saying this, but through no. Uh, fault of our own there are a couple of connections here actually there's something that binds all three films together which i hadn't realized is that all three are gangster uh, films yes it's an amazing coincidence <laughs> but although i mean I, I guess actually this is something that often happens because you if you look back to a lot of good gangster films um they're they're uh true life events so you know to some there is a, a certain uh historical biographical element to to all yes. three of the films yes yes so there's your Rod the Mob. I watched Hoodlum, which is the story of 1920s slash 30s New York. Hoodlums? Hoodlums. Uh, it centred around Harlem, and it centred around three gangsters who have all appeared in other films because they were real-life figures. Oh, You've really? got uh, Lucky Luciano who's in an incredible amount of movies, and there's even a movie called Lucky Luciano. Was um, he in that? No. Oh. Uh, it's about some guy called Gary. Um, who, uh, he was the sort of the big, um, you know, uh, Sicilian mafia guy around at the time. There is Dutch Schultz, who is who the film Billy Bathgate's about. Oh, okay, yeah. 
Um, and then there is a guy called Bumpy Johnson. And he features in American Gangster. He's kind of... Uh, have you seen American Gangster? Yes, but a yeah. long time ago. But yes. He's sort of Denzel Washington's character's mentor in in that movie. Right, okay. Um, and they are all three figures that historically existed. So essentially, it is around, it's about a kind of a turf war that occurred in Harlem in the sort of late 20s, early 30s for control of the numbers racket, which right. was being run by a, by a local kind of, um, or by a lady called known as the Queen in right. Harlem. Just remind me, what what is the numbers racket? Right, that's a really, <laughs> really good question. Um, it's something that gets mentioned a lot. I know, and you always just, just I always just assumed, I always assumed that it was something to do that it was illegal bookmaking, essentially. Yeah, that, I think that's what I thought. But it's not. Right. What it is is, um, it was a sort of it was a lottery, essentially, and people. It was a lottery where the final number was derived from um, certain things that happened at the track. And actually, later down the line, Lucky Luciano apparently manipulated this by fixing races so that the numbers that came up in the the winning numbers that came up in the numbers he could he could manipulate. Right. Anyway, um, but essentially, it was it was meant to be for poor people in Harlem, and they could buy sixty cent tickets or whatever, and then if their numbers came up, then they'd get paid out. And I, I think see. it was just they they get like ten dollars or something. So. Uh, I, I guess it was, they're choosing three numbers as well, so it's not like it's the world's biggest spread, you know. I think it's it, it seems to be it's it's a thing that yes, it's gambling, um, and it's a thing that a certain amount of people though manage to get, you know, a little bit of pocket money out of. Um, but also the people running the numbers racket made an awful lot of money, which is why the uh, why there was a turf war around it. So essentially, um, Dutch Schultz wants to take over the Harlem numbers racket. Um, he is, yeah, he's a Jewish gangster. The Italian mob, led by Lucky Luciano, are sort of like the referees in all this. They kind of they say to him, <laughs> "Don't, just don't do that." And then uh, uh, Dutch Shorts goes, "Yeah, I'm going to do it. Don't care." And then Bumpy Johnson comes along to kind of help the Queen fend off these people. And ends up, she gets put away for a while. He ends up. Uh, taking over that operation in Harlem, basically. Right, right, I um, see. The other connection we've got between our movies is once more, and I think this is pretty much a given, it's got Andy Garcia in. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously. And also, I mean, we've got a huge cast of supporting players um, and and central players. I mean, uh, so uh, Lucky Luciano's Andy Garcia. Okay. Tim Roth is Dwight Schultz. Uh, Dutch okay. Schultz, even. Um, Bumpy Johnson is Lawrence Fishburne. Wow, what a cast. You've got Vanessa Williams in the mix. She's great. Um, I think Queen Latifah's in there. You chuck in um, a, a whole bunch of other kind of smaller supporting people that you know, like... Um, uh, I've got a note of this, and I've completely... Oh, you've got Bill Atherton. Oh, yeah. Um, who's... Hard? I'm having he's a mental the, block all of a sudden. He's the, he's, he's the dick reporter in Die Hard. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And he I plays think, quite I think about character. him often. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a great character actor. He's in Ghostbusters as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's true. This man has... <laughs> no dick. Yeah, no dick. Um, he's so good at that character, yeah, isn't he? Exactly. Um, and you've got 
Mike Starr as well, who is a dude, he's another one of those classic gangster guys. He looks a bit like Danny Aiello, essentially. Right, and he, just, okay. he just plays exactly the same gangster character. In, in, he's in Goodfellas. He's in just an absolute shed load of stuff. Anyway, so it's a very good supporting cast. It's very, the, the sets look great. Like, I wasn't, for some reason, I wasn't really looking forward to it. Mm. Um, and then within the first couple of minutes, you really dumped into it. They've done a nice job of like, setting the scene, you know, the cars all look right, the buildings all right, and you think, oh, God, this is... I thought it was going to be, I don't know, a, a, not as typically gangstery as I wanted it to be. And actually, it felt like such a classic period gangster piece that I started right. watching it with a big, happy grin on my face, going, oh, great, I'm in, I'm in Miller's Crossing land, basically. And that made me a really happy boy. From the poster, I kind of thought it looked a bit, obviously not the same, because that's much more family entertainment, but the untouchables e kind of thing was it yeah, did it have any similar, parallels well, prohi- prohibition era i guess yeah it has that sort of same vibe yes yeah 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 it has that it looks it looks similar in, and who's in the tone. director have you mentioned well, the director well good question it's directed by someone this is terribly my fault i did not realize was a director um guy called bill duke does that name ring any bells he's in predator yes he's mac in predator (laughs) awesome yeah he's one of the best things in predator yeah he is he's great for for some reason and he directed this i didn't know that but he also directed a rage in harlem which i didn't realize was him (laughs) actually he's got a boatload of director's credits under his belt and the writer whose name i sorry writer i haven't written it down um went on later to develop narcos the big massive netflix series so in some in some respects it's got quite a pedigree. Yeah. Uh and there's you know there's classic scenes of there's some you know good gangland turf war stuff lots of you know Tommy guns shooting at each other. There's a bit that's so redolent of Miller's Crossing where someone like walks he strides out into the middle of a fight, picks up a Tommy gun and just sort of you know <laughs> without any care for himself starts spraying around um and it's yeah it's got all sort of it's it's trying to hit all these notes of the of your big epic gangster thing. And epic is exactly what Bill Duke is going for. It is two hours and ten minutes long. Ooh. It's got some slow burn to it, some bigs, you know, some big, oh, look at my big sets, look how 20s and 30s I am. Yeah. Um, and some big staged, you know, explodo set pieces. There's one great big massive thing where they blow up a building. Um, and, you know, yeah, like I say, he's going, he's going for this sort of epic, it's not just a tale of gang warfare, he's trying to do a bit of social history of yeah. Harlem, essentially, and the the sort of situation of the you know of the people who lived in Harlem and and how their lives were, you know, how they were a bit downtrodden and the numbers was for them and and and, and also tell the story of this sort of gang war that happened. Now, the, there's definitely some poetic license because I don't think that certain things happen to certain people. There's certain characters die, and you look at the real character and you go, oh well, that didn't really happen, right? Um, and there's some big, you know, he does some big sort of tense standoffs and stuff. The problem is there are a number of them. Oh no, I was sensing yeah. a big butt coming, but yeah. it sounds like a bigger butt than I was hoping for. Andy Garcia is essentially sleepwalking through the whole thing. He's just gone, what am I doing? I'm playing gangster role number three. Okay, just slightly standoffish. Right, I'll do that one. I'll just phone that one in. Um, yeah. Tim Roth, for some reason... And I think this is very. Well, much I was going to ask to about the... Tim Roth because I'm a big fan of Tim Roth, but I, I definitely find sometimes I'm aware he's acting, even though he's brilliant. And you know, he's obviously yeah, yeah, a brilliant yeah. guy. But do you well, know what this I mean? is very much, I think, down to the direction. He's mm. basically sort of said to Tim Roth, "Oh, could you could you play the dude you often play for Tarantino? Could you play that sort of like 
twitchy, sweary guy for me. <laughs> and that's basically what Tim Roth does. He does the twitchy, sweary guy. Mm. Um, and then uh, Lawrence Fishburne is is great. He's, he's good at what he does. He does sort of moody dude. Um, does it does it fine. Um, and there's all sorts of, you know, backstabby bits and cross. But it, he's very conscious, Bill Duke, that he's making an epic. And you feel like he's trying to make an epic. Something and important kind something of Something important. And this is his scar face that he wants yeah. people to. Yeah. And unfortunately, directing-wise, I think it's a bit pedestrian. Right. It's a bit... TV movie? It's a bit TV movie at times. It really is. Mm. It doesn't. He doesn't quite have that sort of... I don't know who the cinematographer was on it, um, but I wasn't really blown away by the cinematography. It was pretty average. And just just the way that sort of he moves between his scenes, the way that he chooses to set the pace, it's all just a bit, yeah, a mm. bit a bit sort of pedestrian. Like, it is not a bad movie. I don't want to watch it again. I do think it's too long. Uh, the characters are all a bit caricature There's some nice sidey bits. But it's not a bad movie. It's a C minus. Oh. It's a sort of valiant effort. It's definitely not a D. But it's oh, really not it. something I'm going to recommend and say, go out and watch this. Because, look, if you're a gangster movie, it's funny. I, I, I've since sort of looked at a few things um, and it appears on a few people's like, you know, top 20 gangster movies. I don't really even think it's there. But uh, <laughs> the biggest problem for me is it made me want to watch other things. It made me desperately want to watch Minutes Crossing. It right. made me desperately want to watch Once Upon a Time in America. It yeah. made me want to watch Godfather, even though it's the different... Well, actually, you made me want to watch Godfather 2 because then you've got the same era. And then it makes, and I want to watch Godfather on a constant basis anyway, so that's fine. Um, and then it made me want to watch Goodfellas because that's, you know... <laughs> oh, look, it's 9 o'clock on a Friday. I want to watch Goodfellas. But um, seriously, I've watched that movie more times than uh, is healthy. Can you shake humans. a stick at yeah, I, I've never shaken a shit. Shaken, <laughs> shaken a stick. I've never spaken a stick. Well, do you I've remember, dude? Stick in the movie. We mentioned that I gave you Goodfellas on DVD. Do you remember yeah. because it was such an early DVD? It was a DVD you had to turn over halfway yeah, through. Absolutely, it's got the A side and the B side. <laughs> yeah, I still I just play it. that bit when she gets angry going to see the mistress, wasn't it? it was that scene? Yeah, where yeah, it sort yeah. Of flips over. Yeah, actually, I'm just briefly, dude. I'm going to cut in and say. Um, Goodfellas, uh, sorry, The Godfather. I've got this interesting thing where whenever anyone's talking about The Godfather, I immediately think of David Niven. And it's because my parents were really rubbish at naming videos. <laughs> and for years, they just had a video marked The Godfather and it was mis, 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 you know, mislabeled. I put it on and saw like David Niven in some film with a little boy. So just for years, thought The Godfather was like a basically... <laughs> A very a very light comedy involving the relationship with David Niven and a young boy who was his godson. And so I was always, when people used to say, oh, the bit with the horse, I'd go, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not really know what the hell they're talking about. But, yeah, 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 it's a classic, is it? The Godfather. I must have come as a revelation to you when you actually saw it. Then. I know, it blew my mind. I was well, where's David Niven? <laughs> where's the little boy? Um, yeah. Brilliant. So, um, so yeah, really... Uh, uh, you know, I gave it my best shot. I did enjoy bits of it. I enjoyed getting into it. And then after a while, I was like, oh, you know what? This is just a big bag of all right, really. Mm. Not terrible. Solid C minus, but a C minus nonetheless. Well, I was I was, I was, was getting all, oh, I'm sorry that wasn't great. But I mean, no, I mean, that sounds like quite an interesting watch. I think yeah. it Happy sounds like quite it. a rainy Sunday afternoon type film. Yeah, it reminded me a bit like, in, in terms of sort of um, pedestrian nature of it, um, the movie I could Killer Anatomy, you know, Diary of a Murderer or whatever it was called that we watched at the oh, prison yeah. movies. It's a bit better than that, 
but it had that same sort of slightly pedestrian tone, you know? Yeah. So that brings us on. Now, we've done these two American movies, both with Andy Garcia in, both um, biographical or historical to a certain point. Yeah. Um, however, the movie that we both watched is a bit of a different beast. A very different beast, dude. A very different beast. Still biographical. Sorry. <laughs> that was slightly creepy. Still biographical. Still. I, I wanted to kind of contribute somewhere. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so carry on. Still biographical, you were saying. Carry on. Yeah. Still biographical. Still, um, you know, set around real events. But we've changed continent entirely. We have, yeah. We've gone to Scotland, dude. That's where we've gone. Yeah. Which Glasgow, is another, no you know, gangland place. Yeah. Shall I get the title out there? Because we sometimes forget to say the title. Get your title out. The title of the, <laughs> the title of this film is The Wee Man. Yes. Um, imagine that said in a Scottish accent. Um, Are you not um, going to attempt one? No, God, no, no. I'm dreadful <laughs> at Scottish accents. I once did a kind of okay one, but they immediately sort of turn into this kind of weird Indian Welsh thing. It's really weird. Um, so, no. But it's from 2013. It's it's a true life story, as you say, of a um, Glasgow gangster called Paul Ferris. Yeah, and yeah. It, it really it sort of details. It's I guess it's the, it's the it's the sort of what turns someone into a gangster, isn't it? It's the, it's his childhood into his uh, gangster heyday, I guess. Yeah, and um, so basically, right at the beginning, you meet Paul, and he's um, he's in prison right at the start, isn't he? Yeah, and then and then almost immediately, you see some flashbacks, and the flashbacks continue on and off through the film. It does some things with the sort of the narrative structure, and um, and you see him as a young boy, yeah, and it's like a really brutal upbringing. And wait, I mean, saying that he's got a really loving, quite sweet father. Yeah, um, he's got this. But it's interesting that it's you know it's a very sort of working class upbringing. His father, as, I can't remember how early on we see this, but his father sort of points out to him the local gang figures, saying, "Oh, he's yeah. a nasty piece of work to so clear him." Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, almost immediately, and almost one of the first things you see is his his dad. He, he witnesses some beating up going on outside his house. Yeah, home, doesn't he? yeah, that's one of the first scenes. But yeah, I know the bit you mean. And so, and and then you so you see a few. So yeah, so he's in prison as an adult, but you see his childhood, and then the plot develops with him coming out of prison, and it's his. He sort of goes to work for a mob boss. And it's his gradual, he sort of rises, I was going to say he rises through the ranks, but there doesn't seem to be that much rising through the ranks. But he just, he gradually gets more and more arrives, respect. I guess, doesn't he? Yeah, he but, arrives on the seat, doesn't he? Yeah. But we get to see that the sort of, um, what's taken this boy with quite a nice upbringing into this world of violence is that he gets quite heavily bullied by a group of boys. They kill his dog and they... Um, the Banks brothers, aren't they called? The Banks brothers, yeah. They make his life sort of misery. Yeah. But it's not just like they target him; they target everyone. You know, th- yeah, they sure. are they are uber tools, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, infamous local hooligans. And um, but yeah, there's that there's that quite upsetting scene where they just kick his dog, and 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 then his dog is dead. Yes, Very and then sad. he, um, I don't think it's giving away too much to say, he ends up with his first into prison. I think from exact exacting his revenge upon the, them. Yeah, exactly. I won't go into the nature of that. Um, but, yeah, it's seeing his rise. And really, uh, apparently he is a reformed character. So it's one of those, you know, now he's a good boy or whatever. I'm not sure we really see that at the end of the movie, though, do we? Not really. I mean, I suppose in terms of the way it's told, I suppose you could argue this is trying... It's 
you know, the way Goodfellas is based on what's his name's, you know, book, book and memoirs of of the time. So yeah. I suppose there's something like that. Like he's now a reformed character in real life, and this is him looking back on yeah. his criminal life. Um, that's where my <laughs> my parallels with Goodfellas will end. Yeah, I'm with um, you on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's one. There's one I thought was really good scene where they do a raid on a house. That's really well done. Mm, yeah. Um, and there's some interesting stuff. It sort of throws up on sort of you know just the the life, I guess. Well, um, and let's quickly get with get a bit a bit on the cast as well because it's got a good strong cast of, yeah. of, of of Scottish actors mainly. Like Martin Compton is Paul Ferris. He's the I mean I knew him from that Line of Duty program on BBC. Did you see Line of Duty? No. Well, to be honest, I didn't rate it that much, but I did watch the first two series and found it quite exciting. But it had that very po-faced BBC drama kind of this is very serious oh, kind God. of tone yeah. to it that I found a bit annoying. It's all about corrupt cops. Um, but he was perfectly good in it. Then it's got John Hanna, you know, the Who's, guy... I, actually, I really liked John Hanna in this, I have to say. I yes. thought this was one of John Hanna's more complex roles. I mean, he's very good in, you know, Four Weddings as the man who reads a poem. But uh, this, I thought, was actually quite a nicely multi-layered performance from him. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'd agree with I'd, I'd agree with that um, to an extent. Um, mm. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the, Did we both think this was a bit shit? I I did yes, yeah. and I, the thing is, what I the yes, getting to my review, I did not like this film. I did not like this film very much at all. But my big because I think the 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 actors did in ways a perfectly good job within the confines of the script. Because I completely I think agree, the flaws of this film all come back to the script. Well, I think it's a bit too much in love with its source material. Yeah, it's a bit too, uh, yeah, it's a bit too much in love with this reformed gangster character and and trying to paint him, even though he does some horrible things in quite a nice light. Um, and I do think again, it's a little bit direction wise, it's a bit clunky and ham fisted, apart from a couple of like nice touches. It's got again, it's got a slightly TV quality to it, don't you it think? Does. Like a kind of yeah, Sunday yeah. night drama thing. Um, yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. The script is the script pretty abc isn't it it's pretty just like it was just so so cliche ridden yeah and this is the thing okay look i i've tried my hand at writing scripts i know it's not easy to write scripts no but one of the things i sometimes do if i'm just trying to kind of uh, write a scene whether it's whether it's prose or whether it's a actual you know dialogue i yeah. sometimes will use cliches just to get me through so i've got a working you know, framework. And then you, then yeah, you go and fill it. And in then after. you go through and kind of take out the silly cliches. And I, I, I feel like this script needed another draft. It needed more work. They needed to put that, take out some of the, just because I, I, I kept on like bursting out laughing. Going, really, they're going to go, <laughs> they're going to do that. But I, I wouldn't have time to draw breath when there'd be another one, and then another one, and then another one. All this, I kind of, there were just so many. Just it was in every scene. There felt like there were cliches. I tell you what, the most surprising thing about this movie was. Is that the old dude was Patrick Bergen? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. <laughs> was so weird. I go, what? You're the guy who liked his towels straight in Sleeping with the Enemy, and now you're an old Scottish mobster who looks nothing like the curly-haired guy. That was weird. I was like, oh my god, that is Patrick Bergen. And then I started to notice that his accent slipped like yeah. like a, a fall on an ice rink. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the thing is, as well, I didn't find him intimidating. No, it's just a bit sad and mopey. Yeah. And the guy who played his son, I thought, was pretty awful. Uh, now, again, I would just say 
within the confines of the script. I didn't think he was that bad, but did you? Did yeah, maybe you maybe he was awful. Maybe just a very a very one dimensional character. Yeah. So basically, guys, um, in terms of giving you a little bit more of the plot, so Martin Compton, Paul Ferris is the hero. Then John Hanna is an uber bad guy, but Patrick Bergen is also an uber bad guy. But then he's got this really creepy son played by Stephen McCall, who's who's basically he's he's wanting to get to the top, and he's the sort of I suppose he's the really evil character, really, in the whole thing, isn't he, in ways? You know what I mean? Well, no, he's... I'm not sure that's true, actually. I think he's... Yes, he's a sort of pretty um, venal, like, nasty piece of work. But the really evil character in the whole thing is John Hanna. No, I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. I, I, I suppose I found... Well, either way... And that's what I liked about him, is that he did quite a good job, I thought, of, of this multi-layered thing of actually being... This sort of Machiavelli- Machiavellian lunatic who's trying to basically destroy, get everyone else to destroy each other, and he comes out on top, but does a very good job of appearing like a nice guy. And he, yeah, I, yeah. Did, I thought he did well. I think I liked his performance less than you, but again, it was all it all came down to the. It's normally because I find him a bit script. insipid. I think, and I was like, oh, yeah. God, he's actually doing something not insipid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's quite nice seeing him do that. But I, th- I still think the fu- the best thing you can do to watch John Hanna is to watch the trailer for that um that spoof. Um, police drama he did called Touch, um, A Touch of Cloth. If you ever what? Oh, go onto YouTube and search A Touch of Cloth and watch okay. the trailer for episode one of, of series one. Which is does Jordan it actually Hannah. exist or is it just a yeah, trailer? Yeah, no, 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 no. It does exist as a series, but I've actually never seen the series. But it's a Charlie Brooker thing he did for, I think, oh, Channel really? 4. And he's done more than one series. But seriously, everyone, I recommend just search up, as they say, A Touch of Cloth. And and the trailer for the first one is just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And John oh, Hanna is the, is the sort of the cliche, um, the troubled um, detective in that. It, oh, it's awesome. really funny. It's really funny. But anyway, back to just briefly Stephen McCall, who plays the son of the bad guy, yeah. Junior Thompson. He is mag- he, he's the bully in Rushmore. Oh my god! You remember god. The, the kid with the broken arm at one point who yeah. really hates Rushmore and stuff. And... I love Rushmore. I know, I know. Well, you, you introduced me to Rushmore. Yeah. So I just thought I wanted that's to mention that because because so he's weird. a he's a young actor in that film. Yeah, that's that's in the nineties, wasn't it, Rushmore? And he's yeah. you know he's he's a boy actor and now he's become a man. But um, yeah, that's the thing. I thought I recognise this dude. I recognise this dude, and that, and that's what it was. Oh wow! Well, look. I mean, there's not much more we can say about this. I wouldn't. I, this is out of out of the three movies you've watched. I didn't watch yours, but yours is obviously a B. Mine's a C minus. It's not bad for a bit of gangster completism. Definitely do watch Hoodlum, but don't bother watching the Wee Man because, frankly, you've seen it before if you've seen a gangster movie and you've seen it done better. We we both with we we like saying positive things about films, don't we? Yeah. We don't like slagging things off. Absolutely. But one not. more thing I really do want to say about the Wee Man is that the soundtrack was. Awful. Yes, yeah, it was it just really terrible. middle of the road pub rock rubbish, and it just made me really angry. But um, yeah, I just wanted to get that in there. But yeah, I for the, for me this is a a D minus film. Oh, I'll go with a D, maybe a D minus. But the interesting enough, the director, um, a guy called Ray Burdis, also made the bloody terrible Love, Honor, and Obey. Oh, really? Which falls oh. into my category of. of of terrible Brit gangster movies that that work exactly the way that uh, that I hate. What Brit Brit gangster films do you like? I quite like um, well, sort of more recent ones. I did quite well. It's not that recent anymore, but I did quite like. Oh, what's the one with Paul Bethany in um, Gangster Number One? 
I yes, quite like I, that I quite like gangster one. I thought that was but rather that good. almost didn't feel like a gangster film. In that it obviously is. It's incredibly violent. It's all about gangsters. But you know, it was more of just a. a, a, a it was almost about obsession and celebrity more than it was about gangster. If you know what I mean. Yeah, but I really like Paul Bettany in that as well. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? I was um, and I said it. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Sexy Beast is. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. brilliant. I think yeah. uh, either of high. those on Netflix, and you know, Longer Friday. That's a, that's a, no, I don't think so. Unfortunately, I don't think either any of those three. No. But, so basically, um, if you're on Netflix, oh, and you're in Snatch the movie. Is on Netflix, and that's sort of a Brit gangster movie. Okay, yeah, no, and and Snatch, I was going to mention, is a, is a. I think that's that's a good one. Yeah, Snatch is a cracker. I love Snatch. It's just a great bit of entertainment, and it's got Dennis Farina in it. Yeah, exactly. Didn't he die recently? Yeah, yeah, he's died now. That's shocking. I know. I love him. Awesome person. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Don't watch this film. Don't watch Wee Man. But there is some good gangster stuff on Netflix. And if you've not seen Miller's Crossing, definitely watch that. And if you've not seen Once Upon a Time in America, definitely take, watch that. take an afternoon off work and then <laughs> yeah. book some time off in the evening. And then make sure you get some sleep and then watch it because it's, it's a long ride, but it's a ride infinitely worth it. Yeah, although the Wee Man, I thought, felt longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> Right, man. Well, that, that's us wrapped up for this time. Um, please do get in touch out there if you want to recommend a genre for us, because we're going back to having to pick our own again, which oh, is, you know, nightmare. a bit of a shocker. Now, I, I, you know, I hate to be too linky, but I think I thought... <laughs> linky. <laughs> but we've, we've, we've touched on a couple of genres that we've, you know, we've revisited a couple, so I wanted to go again on something new. And I, I would like to see if I can find us some good courtroom dramas, because I know you and I both love a good courtroom drama. You know, yes. 12 Angry Men is up there among our favourite movies. Um, I quite recently paused so I could remember what the bloody movie was called. This is terrible of me. Kramer versus Kramer? No, you giant bell hammer. Well, that's got uh, bits in the court. <laughs> no. Um, I've never liked you, you Can't Handle the Truth one. Oh, I don't mind You Can't Handle the Truth one. It doesn't do it for me. But I think um, I, that's slightly left over from a very teenage hatred of Tom Cruise because all the girls fancied him. Oh, I love, I, I've got a big I've got a big, big soft spot for Tom Cruise. Well, he's, well, no, I still basically, I think some of it still survives my hatred of him because the girls fancied him. But it, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely eroded slightly. I mean, I, re- I did really like him in that, um, oh, we talked about this the other day, you know, the, the good science fiction-y action film. Oh, um... I want to uh, say live, Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, yeah, don't, 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 don't just call it the tagline. No. <laughs> uh, it would be so much better if it was called that. But no, it, it should be so much better if it was called the original title. What is the original title? Because uh, it's a, it's an originally it's um, it's a Japanese it's an adaptation from a Japanese story, and the original title is All You Need Is Kill, which is <laughs> such an awesome title. <laughs> that is cool. That's just yeah. one of my favourite titles of anything ever. Um, mm. But no, a thing I was going to say is yeah, I recently watched Anatomy of a Murder. Oh, that's such a good film, which isn't is it? Just mind-blowingly brilliant. Yeah. Have you read Stewart. the book? Have you read the no, book? No, no, I haven't. Oh, the book's awesome, dude. Read the book. I'll lend it to you. It's, it's oh, The great. book's really good as well. But yeah. yeah, anyway, go God, on. God, that's a brilliant movie. So, I, I'm not going to... I beg the also. court to let me cut into the apple. That bit's great. Yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to try and find something that probably won't be as good as Anatomy for Murder, because pretty much any movie made isn't as good as Anatomy for Murder. But I will find us three, hopefully, cracking courtroom dramas, and cool. um, and we can... Go from there? Yeah, I was going to make some gag about the jury being out, but... Uh... Oh, you're such a tool. You always have to come up with some stupid, cheesy 
thing. I am essentially very, very cheesy. <laughs> I embrace this. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Do you want to try again? Come on. Come up with something. Um, uh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll find three we'll, movies. And we'll cast our judgments on them. Yes. That's great. Cast our judgments. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Get in touch. Help us out. Um, yes, I think please. I think it's time for us to change our intro. I'd like another genre suggestion, please. Yeah. Um, we can be found at wewatchanything at gmail.com. We watch anything on Facebook. At wewatchanything on Twitter. Or just shout we watch anything into the abyss. Um, a bit, a bit like <laughs> and we'll phone. be there. We'll be there. <laughs> Until then. Bye bye from me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And from me too. Yeah. It's, it's nice, to, nice to see you all. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, dude. Right, shall I press stop? Mm-hmm.